The countdown's on, MP. Damo, the biggest and best wellness summit ever is fast approaching. Don't miss out on the entertainment. The education. The edutainment that is the wellness summit. Featuring for the very first time at the summit, the Merrymaker sisters, Carla and Emma Pappas, and the 2013 bachelor himself, the incredible chiropractor and sharp mover, Mr. Tim Robards, plus all of your Wellness Couch favourites. And wait for it, Damo. All 22 podcasts on the couch will be in attendance at the summit. Wow. So take your digital Wellness Couch experience and make it a real-life one at the transformational, inspirational, sensational 16 hours of Powerhouse Wellness Summit at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. September 10 and 11. More information and tickets available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Now, before you go, Damo, there's a big competition on as of now. Every single person who registers before 11.59pm on Sunday, August 14, goes into the draw to win a double pass to the inaugural 2016 Wellness Couch Awards Night. Amazing. You'll join the who's who of the Wellness Couch as we present for the very first time the best new podcast, most popular episode, most popular the host, the best hair, of course, MP, most awkward moment, and many more sensational awards at this night of fun and wellness frivolity. But you must enroll, folks, by August 14. Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. Wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Hi, everybody. We're back with the awesome podcast for you today. Sorry about the little break. Um, Fuad and I have been crazy busy. Um, I've been to Sydney three times in the last month and the Northern Territory as well, um, doing classes and um, talking about our new book that's coming out and helping people to see how food can really change the way that you live in health and all sorts of ways. So we're really excited about um, what's happening in the, the whole food and health world, we're seeing lots of people very interested in um, learning more about healing with food and we're getting a lot of requests to come and do classes and talks so it's very exciting. Um, But we're back today um, for a podcast with Mary Kelly of Good Mood Food. Hi Mary. Hi Joe. So excited to have you again because you are awesome and we all love you. (laughs) We actually kicked Fuad off the show today because this is a girly chat. No. <laughs> no, we didn't really kick him off, but he he did a class last night and he was worn out. And so I said, well, it's okay, we'll, we'll manage without you. So he's having a day off, probably at home, sipping coffee in the sunshine while we work hard. Hey, Mary. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the world these days. Yeah. Oh, it's the women that make the world go round, huh? Sure. <laughs> Since he's not here, we should say things like we, that. We can say things like that. I'll get in trouble later. But anyway. <laughs> So we, um, we really do want to talk to the women today, though, because, well, I mean, it's good for the dads as well. It's very important for the dads as well. But um, this is for the women who have asked about how to prepare themselves um, and their own bodies for having a baby so that they've got the best chance possible to have a healthy baby. And as you all know, well, as a lot of you know, Um, Mary has recently had a baby and this has been something that's been high on her agenda for the last couple of years is getting her body healthy enough to have a healthy baby. Um, Mary, do you want to just give 
everyone a little bit of an overview of your story because not everyone would have heard the previous podcasts, which I will put a link to in the um, notes on the show. I'll put a link to her previous podcasts that tell her story in detail. And if you haven't heard them, you really need to listen because it's a fascinating story. Um, but if Mary, if you just want to give us a little bit of an overview of what you do and why, that would be awesome. Sure, sure, Joe. Okay, um, briefly, it's, it's a big story, so I'll, yes. I'll keep it brief. Um, um, my son um, was born um, with, with multiple allergies uh, to food, and, and, and when he was 18 months old, he was diagnosed as allergic to all food, and it kicked off a huge journey of uh, learning about gut health for us. Um, there, was, there was many years of denial, first of all, and um, belief that this wasn't something that we could influence or heal, that we uh, just had to... Um, had to manage the symptoms, mm -hmm. um, and that was perpetuated by all the specialists specialists that we saw. And then I got hold of the GAPS book, a, a wonderful person sitting next to me at dinner one night handed slid it across the table to me, mm -hmm. and it changed our lives because we we came to realize that every symptom that my son suffered was as a result of um, his gut being unhealthy um, and his immune system being um, overreactive and and in, a, in an attack mode. Mm -hmm. um, so what we did was we um, we figured out a way to get some safe foods onto his plate and we started the GAPS intro diet. And while we were doing the GAPS intro diet, it became very clear to us that my second child, who we thought was pretty neurotypical, she, she had symptoms of ADHD, but we, she was so much healthier than my son that we saw, thought that she was the normal one. Um, and it quickly became apparent that she actually also had pretty terrible gut health um, mm -hmm. by how much she healed and by how much um, her symptoms, her natural symptoms improved. Um, yeast was the underlying issue for us, um, as well as parasites. And um, we have been on GAPS now for two and a half years. We are transitioning off GAPS at the moment um, because we seem Yay. to have healed. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. I think my son will stay on it a bit longer. He was so his healing is deep seated stuff. It's um, genetic stuff as well that needs mm. to be resolved. Um, but I always wanted three children. Um, but after the first two were so sick, I just couldn't, and, and I had quite severe postnatal depression, um, also as a result of my own gut health. Um, I just couldn't face the idea of having another unhealthy child mm. and the burden that that puts on your mental health. But I so desperately wanted a third child. So we decided that we would do GAPS, heal all of our guts, and see if we could influence the health outcome of our third baby. Exciting. Yes. And how did it go? Let's just can we just skip to the end? Can you just tell us the end? <laughs> she, she's so well. Well, it's actually it's an interesting story. I would love to get up here and say, you know what, my baby is perfect. Yeah, I control that, that outcome. Yeah. There are definitely um, issues. She still has the same genetic mutation as my son, okay. but she doesn't present with allergies. She Yay. looks like the healthiest baby you've ever seen oh, in your she's life. She's adorable. Those blue she's, eyes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and she's very, very sweet. Um, and the great thing is we've had so much knowledge to be able to yeah. influence her health outcomes um, when we've seen things come up that we've seen in the past. But these things are so minor and tiny and oh. um, easily resolved. And I think that what it shows me is that when I gave birth to her, my gut health was so vastly improved mm. that I definitely influenced her health outcomes. If I'd had a third child and hadn't done gaps, I think we would have ended up with another Daniel oh, or wow. worse. And that would be so yeah. stressful. And that's what it you often hear, um, you know, in families where sometimes when the mother 
and father have no idea about the whole gut health issue and and, um, improving your own health before having children, each child is progressively worse. And I've seen that in a family that I know and they have four children and each one is worse in health and um, reactions and things. And it's very sad because it can be turned around and this is what we would love for you to talk to us about because I know there's lots of parents out there or, or hopeful parents who just yeah. so badly yeah. want to have children but are frightened because of the, you know, it's just so common now, the, the allergies. It's, it's, and, uh, and it's traumatic. It's traumatic. And, traumatic. you know, I know many, many families who have three or four autistic kids. Yes, so do family. I. Yep. You know, that's never been heard of. Never. You know, like ago you'd never heard of that and I feel so desperate for these women but mothers Mm. are seeking and the point I want to make just before we even start talking about how you can influence your baby's health outcomes is it's not your fault yeah exactly (laughs) it's not your fault we work with the information that we have at the time and there's no um there's no cutoff date to healing. No. If you discover gut health once you've had all your children, you are still being the best mother that you could possibly be for those children yeah. when you lead down the path to healing. Whether you do it before you conceive or whether you do it when your child is 18 years old, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the whole point is that, that you move along that path and that you educate yourself and, that, and yes. that you do everything you can to influence the health outcomes of your kids. That's, that's, that's right. the most important. You can only, you can only walk... Um, by the light that you have. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it's not, and I think. A, <laughs> yeah. And I think you know our society has surrounded us with so many um, things that make it difficult for us. And even doing the best we can, there's going to be things that we can't change um, in our Always. in our environment and genetics, and like you say. Yeah. And there's so many things. That's well. Genetics is, is the big one. That speaks yeah. to the heart of what of the journey that I've just been on over the mm. past few months. And actually, um, while I've had this beautiful, healthy baby, and she's so much better than her brother, I came into this with that same old control, mm. controlling outcomes kind of attitude of I'm going to have the perfect baby because that's <laughs> what so we, we want. We want to be able to control all the variations. Exactly, and it's such a good. I felt a godly lesson for me yes. to. Remember, I always do this. I always try and control outcomes yeah. um, to learn a very important lesson of um, it's not her health is not your outcome to control. Right. It's your it's your job to influence it. Yeah. And, and that just changed everything for me. Oh, so that's so, so if you're trying to control it and have the perfect baby, then every time you see mucus in the nappy, which was the big trauma trigger for me, that was uh, the first sign of allergies in my son. So when my baby girl had mucus in her nappy, I fell to pieces because oh, you poor thing. I failed. Yeah. You know, it's one little symptom and I failed and I hadn't I mm-hmm. hadn't helped her to be perfect and it was all my fault. And then yeah. I had a good a good cousin who gives me a good slap across the face and just <laughs> said, You're not trying to control outcomes, you're trying to influence her health and she is born the way she's born, she is who she is and yeah. it's your job to influence that. I thought that was quite a powerful message. That I and I think share. I think it's also good to remember that there's always reasons for the things that we go through in life and we've really had to face that with Isaac that, you know, we were doing, I was doing the best I could for like 15 years trying to eat as healthy as possible and as whole foods as possible and Isaac ended up with severe depression and couldn't even feed himself at 13 years old. And it's like, what in the world is going wrong here? But, and that's a low point, isn't it? Yeah. Mentally, it's low. Yeah. But if you can step back and let go a bit and say, okay, there's right now I can't see the reason for this and right now I'm just in a deep dark hole 
and let's just work on getting through it. But I know eventually there will be some good come out of this. And there has. There's been so much good come out of it two years down the it's track. Been incredible. Yeah, it's and such influences. I mean, well. look at how influencing others. Yeah. And he says the same thing. He says he wouldn't have it any other way. He's glad it happened because it's taught him so much and he's able to help others and he's very happy that he can. Gosh, so, that's a very mature attitude. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And it's just something that, um, you know, we do the best we can and then we take what we've got given and yeah. and work with it. Exactly, which is, which is what leads us to this podcast because yeah. I've learned so much um, on this journey that I can share with other women and I feel like um, there's a movement mm. and if, if we can influence women to consider their bodies before they conceive or to consider during pregnancy or even just before birth, yeah. how they look after their bodies in order to give their baby the best gut health start, yeah. we could change the world. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? Yeah. I don't know if you saw that video that was going around on Facebook, I didn't actually open it because it was too traumatic for me, but there was a yeah. video of a, a baby, brand new newborn baby, and its little legs were shaking uncontrollably, and it was born addicted to drugs, and oh. and it was talking about how often this happens, and I just thought, you know, um, you just keep saying that we've got to go back, we've got to go back further and, and catch even children before they ever get to the age of... Um, you know, little little girls before they're ever at the age of um, puberty or having children or anything and start influencing their health right from back then. Yeah. Um, I really believe that people who are addicted to drugs oftentimes are trying to self-medicate all sorts of problems that could have been healed if they're, yeah. you know, if they were eating the right foods, if they were... Um, looking after their gut health and that comes back to the parents again so um it's back to the parents gut health and you know yeah there's so um, much that we can influence if we start with our children teaching them all of this just think how the further you know generations will be influenced it's almost like a curse that we have to break yes you know if you want to think about it in 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 those kinds of terms but um when i was at at mind forum the year before this year so so last year would be the words Mm. i was looking for Um, Baby brain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride spoke at length on drug addiction Mm. and gut health and and how the family is responsible for resolving that and how there are so many test cases now of using gaps to completely eradicate addiction to alcohol and drugs. Oh, that's exciting. So you don't have to live with that addiction and have to just be disciplined and have willpower your whole life. You can actually remove the addiction. And um, I thought it was just amazing, amazing hopeful stuff you know that all these curses of our modern society can be broken yep it just makes so much sense well i better let you get started and and tell us where did you begin to start preparing yourself for a healthy baby well well when we did gaps so for me uh, going through the gaps introduction diet was the foundation Mm -hmm. to setting the body up to be healthier um, I had to get rid of yeast if I wanted to have another natural childbirth because my yeast was so systemic that um, any child coming out of my birth canal was going to inhale yeast yeah. as their first microbiome. And that's what happened with Danny. And interestingly okay. enough, Edie, my second born, has very different symptoms to Danny. She was cesarean section. Ah. So she didn't get that yeast coming through my birth. She picked up opportunistic bacteria around the hospital from being huh. a cesarean section. <laughs> And I'm sure many of you would have heard about this new um, idea that you need to swab a baby's mouth with your 
bacteria in order to have a healthy baby if they are born by cesarean section. Mm. Um, what this means is um, they're starting to recognize that babies that are born by cesarean section pick up hospital bacteria yes. and that in order to give them their mother's bacteria, the mother literally swabs her birth canal and then as soon as the baby is born, they put that swab into the baby's mouth and yeah. the baby inhales that bacteria. Now, mm. I think this is a wonderful idea. However, yeah. what they don't talk about is what if the mother is unhealthy to start yeah. with? Yeah, you know, so um, so the trick is is it's not just a in, in society we always get this one pill to fix everything. Oh, yeah. if we just babies will be healthy. Yeah. That you need to look deeper. You need to always look at the mother and the father's health. So um, so Stu and I decided we would do gaps intro to get our bodies as as well as possible for conception even. Mm. So even when we were conceiving, we were considering our bacteria on mm. our body. Before yeah. we conceive the baby, it's a fairly personal thing to yeah. discuss. But, um, but it's important just, to know. It's important to know. We we literally swapped ourselves with kefir um, yeah. on the nights when we were trying to make baby, and yeah. um, that we did that. I I don't know how the bacteria that part the conception part. I'm a little fuzzy on because I'm not sure how does the bacteria influence the egg. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? The sperm and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. However. It was in the GAPS book, so we did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever are interested in reading about that, there's a whole section on conception and pregnancy in the GAPS book that is, it is pretty fascinating. If anyone's, so, if anyone's completely new to this and doesn't know what this book is we're talking about, it's Gut and Psychology Syndrome by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. And it's absolutely fascinating and you need to read it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's yes. a, it's a book of gut health and, uh, and way ahead of its time, I'd say. Way ahead. Okay, go ahead. So, so the, the things that we did were, um, so I actually had a bit of a bumpy journey to falling pregnant with Asha, which I've, I've spoken briefly about in mm. another podcast. I, um, in the Parasites Protocol, yeah. um, I um, fell pregnant um, fairly easily um, and, and I was so excited because I didn't have morning sickness. Mm. Now, there's... I just want to speak to morning sickness because there's going to be a lot of GAPS mothers suffer from hyperemesis gravidarum or, um, or just severe morning sickness in that first trimester. Mm. And I How haven't quite proved that, um, that gut health controls morning sickness, but I think it does. Mm. And I'll, I'll explain why I didn't get to prove it myself. Um, <clears throat> I, read a, I read a fascinating article that magnesium is the key to morning sickness. Mm -hmm. Um, and it makes sense to me because magnesium really is a big foundational um, mineral that helps us to feel well in general. It yeah. removes toxins, removes um, so many um, bad things from our bodies, and it um, fortifies us. Mm -hmm. So this article said that before you conceive, you need to spend six weeks building up your magnesium levels to till they're topped up. It takes six weeks to do it. And by doing that, it's not taking it internally, which is hard on a gut. Mm. It's taking it in Epsom salt baths and putting magnesium oil on your feet every night. Mm -hmm. So Stu and I decided, okay, we're ready. We're going to try for a third baby. I said, give me six weeks, babe. And I um, went mad with the magnesium. Mm -hmm. And then I fell pregnant and I normally get morning sickness. Um, I have hyperemesis nine months of the pregnancy. Oh, but, my goodness. Uh, it's diabolical. But I get wow. it. At four weeks, it starts on the dot. Okay. Um, and this, it didn't come. The morning sickness didn't come, and it didn't come. Um, and I was so excited mm. about this. However, I miscarried. Mm. So there, I can't prove that I wasn't morning sick or mm. that this this little fetus wasn't viable because I miscarried around seven and a half weeks. Okay. Uh, uh, 
And then what happened was just awful. It, it turned out that, um, in the long story short, I had parasites that were interfering with my hormones. Yeah. And so every month I was trying to get pregnant and I was falling pregnant. And then three or four days later, I was having a heavy bleed. Yeah. So it was like a chemical pregnancy, one that um, it was coming up as pregnant on the tests because I was so excited I would test it like one day after I was due. Yeah. And, um, and then have the heartbreak. Uh, and it happened Aww. maybe times through that year. Sorry, how many? Uh, uh, four or five times. Oh wow! Next year, and and I couldn't just let my body rest and recover. No, not me. I had to get pregnant. And, you know, you were I determined. Wasn't I was pregnant. You know, <laughs> this, this unhappiness wasn't going to disappear until I'd replaced the baby, and oh. so off I went on my little uh, journey. But then I st- so around about the fifth um, chemical pregnancy. I'll say chemical pregnancy rather than miscarriage because it really was just so soon after my period was due. Mm. I went to the doctor and I said, you need to do all the blood tests. And they came back with um, that I had parasites and that I had high ferritin. Oh, no, they came back that I had high ferritin levels. And then I went back and did my research. I went back to the doctor. I said, you need to test for parasites. And the test came back that I had parasites. The doctor didn't know why I was on this mission, but it was because I discovered that when you have either very low iron or very high iron, there's often parasites um, present. Parasites eat iron. They soak up heavy metals um, and... um, and what, lo and behold, I found parasites. I treated them as per the GAPS parasite protocol. Mm-hmm. And the next month, I fell pregnant. Wow. Now, the reason I'm going into the detail on this is because after I miscarried, then I went through all of those chemical pregnancies. And then I did a parasite treatment. I had severely depleted my magnesium levels again. Uh-huh. Just that whole process is going to yeah. deplete your magnesium levels. So when I fell pregnant with Asha, my magnesium levels were very low and I was getting cramps and all of those things. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to be pregnant so quickly after the parasite protocol. Mm. I assumed it would still take months and months. Um, and I got severe morning sickness again with ASH. Yeah. So I can't prove that the magnesium theory works, but I've heard many women say that it does. And did you have morning sickness for the whole nine months like usual? Or? The whole nine months. And not only did I have morning sickness the whole nine months, I had a thing called tyalism, which is a it's so disgusting. I can't even talk about it. Oh. Um, you can't swallow your own saliva because it oh. tastes so disgusting. So you oh, spit. Wow. And then you become dehydrated. I didn't have a great pregnancy. I'm not opposed oh. to pregnancy. But I learned a lot, let me tell you. I learned that getting that magnesium level up before you conceive, mm. if you can so at all do it, it makes a huge difference. Hmm. I learned that the miscarriage, the parasites, and the multiple chemical pregnancies had a huge impact on my thyroid and uh-huh. my liver um, was, didn't cope very well with this pregnancy. Um, so it was a tough pregnancy for me. Um, and I just, it was, it was so fascinating to look back on it all and to see where it had all kind of gone wrong. Yeah. You know, because this was that, the argument that I made in the beginning. I was so desperately wanting to control all these outcomes. I wasn't going to have morning sickness. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to um, have any issues. I will say though that, in, uh, so the downside of it was all these things that I'd hoped to eradicate and I didn't. And that mm. was just a reality check for me. The yeah. upside was my cravings during pregnancy were incredible. All I wanted was egg yolks, huh. egg yolks, egg yolks, egg yolks. And all I wanted was all the food that they tell you that you're not allowed to eat. I'd <laughs> say organ meats, raw cheeses, <laughs> egg yolks. Um, and I just and I went to town on all of those things. I um, I didn't um, take any folic acid because mm-hmm. um, I discovered the MTHFR is a gene mutation that my family has on both sides. Mm. 
which means that we don't process folic acid, we process folate. Okay. And that's, that's a fascinating um, rabbit hole of <laughs> discovery. But I will just say briefly that um, because my kids had tongue and lip tie, yeah. the MTHFR gene mutation um, seems to be responsible for midline defects. And tongue and lip tie are midline defects. Okay. A deep sacral dimple um, just above the little bum mm -hmm. is a sign. Um, ah. The more severe uh, signs of that gene mutation are cleft palates. Mm -hmm. um, anything that goes wrong in the first trimester down the midline. Um, right. And uh, we, both my husband and I have that, and um, my son had it quite severely. My daughter does not seem to have it, which is lucky for her. Um, but we've discovered a lot about folic acid versus folate during pregnancy. Mm. So, yeah, so. Do you want to just mention, um, like, these foods that you're eating, um, why do you yes. think you were craving them? So eggs are very high in folate, as mm. is liver pate, as are leafy green vegetables. Um, yeah. Raw cheeses are, uh, the, the fat content and the vitamin content of raw unpasteurized milk cheeses um, is so extremely high and it is basically the building blocks for baby, for, for brains, you know, mm. it's brain food. Um, and so when you're creating a human being in your body, these are the kind of foods that you want to be eating. But I must be very specific, I would never have eaten an egg yolk from a caged egg or even a free-range yeah. egg. I only touched organic, yeah. pastured uh, food. And same with the liver pate. It was homemade, organic liver pate, yeah. uh, healthy, free of disease. And um, I, had, I had faith that all of these foods were, um, were doing my body an enormous amount of good. And they really, really did. I felt, mm. uh, in spite of the, the morning sickness, I, I felt um, I didn't put on weight like I put on with my last pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Last pregnancies, I must have put on... 25 to 30 kilograms. Wow. Yeah, just exploded. And this pregnancy, I put on about 12 kilograms. Oh, good on you. It was, it was good. Uh, unfortunately, I started a bit overweight, so it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it still didn't look great. But, but I definitely felt, um, I just felt that my body was not exploding the way mm, that it had yeah. to pregnancy. I mean, not that it's a bad thing to put on weight when you're <laughs> you, you do want no. to put on weight, but not so much that you're very uncomfortable and exactly. And and I wasn't. I was I was comfortable. Mm. I um, I felt um, energetic. That's I felt good. um, I felt my skin was sensational. My hair was sensational. Mm, isn't it? Sometimes oh, it's yeah. amazing in pregnancy. The, the hormones. Which, it was just so beautiful. And you so there was positive. <laughs> I didn't have any of that restless leg thing that you oh, that's get. Good. Um, Reflux. Uh, no, right towards the end of the pregnancy, I did. Mm -hmm. I had reflux. I had and that so bad with my kids, especially the last couple. Oh, you see, now that's a sign of yeast. Ah. Parasitic sphincter. And pregnancy is such a breeding ground for yeast. Mm. So, um, and I, I was so concerned because in that first trimester when I was really vomiting, so the morning sickness was, was worse than the first trimester and then it was just mild for the rest of the pregnancy. Yeah. But in that trimester, I was struggling to, I couldn't even look at meat. So I, there was no way I was going to drink broth and all of those things. And I just, you know, I just went with the flow. Just, yeah. um, just Your body knows. Needed. And eggs seemed to be the thing that I needed the most. And I was eating sourdough bread as well. Okay. And, and, yeah. um, and then, um, and then, so, so the pregnancy as it was a, it was a real uh, contradiction. It was mm. the healthiest pregnancy I'd had, but I still felt disgusting with the morning sickness, and I really wished that I could have resolved that. Yeah. 
I just had to submit to it. Mm. Um, towards the end of the pregnancy, my thyroid, which has, I, I healed it on gaps, and then okay. the miscarriage really Knocked brought it, around. it down. Yeah. And it knocked it around. Um, my so thyroid. Would you recommend if someone does have a miscarriage to wait for a bit and heal again? Yes, don't do it. I didn't. Yeah. It's so hard to wait. It's so hard to tell a mama. Yeah. You know, to, she's had that joy in her heart. But um, yeah. my advice is your body, pregnancy is one recover. of the anxious things you can do to your body. It yeah. is so hard on your body. Yeah. Treat yourself kindly and give yourself the best chance to enjoy the pregnancy. And, you know, the things that I would really say is if you had a miscarriage, I would focus on recovering your iron levels, recovering your thyroid, um, and recovering your magnesium levels before yeah. you fall again. I just think um, just deeply nourishing food uh, yeah. to help yourself recover before you try again yeah. is um, the best way to go. It's, it's the smart move. Yeah. <laughs> it's the emotional move. Um, yeah, so learn from my mistake. I really put my body through the ringer. Mm. Um, but I see it now. I see it um, now that the now that I have my baby. And know. these things happen for a reason, don't they? So you can help they others. <laughs> I can learn from my mistakes. Um, and it's also been a fascinating because um, I got postpartum thyroiditis after this pregnant because, again, of that miscarriage, my what thyroid is, being under pressure. What's the symptoms of that? Um, the symptoms, it's kind of up and down. It's weight gain instead of weight loss after mm -hmm. after birth. Oh. Um, it is um, deep, deep fatigue, um, yeah. even when you are getting enough sleep. And and the thing that pushes the postpartum thyroiditis is often that lack of sleep in that first three months yeah. when it's really epic. Um, so a lot of fatigue, like really dark rings under the eyes. Mm -hmm. um, some people, it goes hypo, so there's lots of sluggish um, hormonal um, behaviors and yeah. then suddenly go hypo and then they'll have big weight loss and then it'll go back down again. So it's mm. a real road to ride. Um, I never lost the water from when I gave birth. I was um, swollen with fluid okay. for six months. Um, wow. It's only just starting to go down now. So, um, but if you go to the doctor, they will likely medicate you for it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's your, your choice and your decision. I decided not to. I decided to... Um, to try and treat it naturally with iodine, mm -hmm. specifically, and adrenal support um, medicines like ashwagandha and um, milk thistle. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the minute that I really started focusing on those things, it, it definitely came right. Oh, that's good. So in terms of my health, um, I'm not a poster woman for a healthy... Um, <laughs> but you learned a lot and you're telling us thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I learned so much. But I also, I, also, um, I also know that it was my best pregnancy in terms of my own physical stamina and health. And what so about your well-being, like your mental well-being? That was a big thing. Oh, that's the excitingest part. Oh, <laughs> sorry, am I jumping the gun? You, you continue. <laughs> so as you might have guessed by my response, um, I, I haven't had postnatal depression, Yay! which is, I know, it's, it's unheard of for me, let's be honest. Um, well, you, you I just probably tell you know, those who don't know your whole story how bad yeah. your depression was before. Because we did do a whole podcast on this, for those of you who yes, want to. Yes, there's a whole podcast on my depression after pregnancy. And um and it, it definitely, it came down for, for me, it came down to two things. The one was the trauma of having a sick kid pushed me into postnatal depression mm -hmm. and, and post-traumatic stress land, um, combined with my own complete and utter deficiency in 
so many so minerals. Many ways, yeah. So um, postnatal depletion, which is yeah. the other podcast you did, yes. um, led to the postnatal depression. And the postnatal depression just came on. It came on one day. I fell to my knees and that was it. I was done. I had no more serotonin left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up trying to treat it naturally all the way through without understanding anything about gut health um, until I fell pregnant with my second baby and I just had perinatal depression then. And then after she was born, I had it must have been a big flush of hormones, but I felt well for, for a few months after my second child was born. And then um, around the six-month mark, I just crashed. Crash, like, yeah. Yeah, like it, it was like a ship going down. Yes. <laughs> I was just waving my little white flag, okay, I'm out. And I had to go on antidepressant medication. So, uh, um, And it worked. It, it was good. I did it for a year, and then I was able to wean off it, and then we started the GAPS protocol. Mm. And I never felt... E- even remotely close to being depressed since we started GAPS because yeah. even after I came off the antidepressants, I still felt, oh, I could tip back over into that crevasse quite easily. Yeah. So this pregnancy, there's been a lot of concentrated focus between my husband and I on making sure that I don't I don't go back downhill. Yeah. He's been having an enormous amount, but I have to say I haven't, I've had, I had one week. It was the week I accidentally bought the Thermomix. Oh, you poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> You have to tell that story. You really have to tell that story. Come on. I was so sleep-deprived because the baby was just going through this developmental stage and we were also starting to figure out what foods caused issues with her um, and whether it was food-causing issues or whether this was just a baby being a baby and my expectations were way too high. This is all came out about me not needing to control outcomes. I was so desperate desperately upset to see mucus in my baby's nappy and um and I crashed I did I felt my mood just disappear and um it was it was so much to do with um trying to control and and not having a perfect baby and then having no sleep she was just she'd gone from sleeping beautifully to now waking up three times a night and in the middle of the night I was trying to make myself feel better (laughs) and I went on eBay and I was like oh Secondhand thermomixers. Let me look at those. Because we <laughs> afford a thermomix, and we, my husband was very clear we couldn't afford it. I was very clear. I, I knew this, um, and I saw. Oh, somebody bought one for their daughter-in-law for their wedding, and it's brand new, and it's still in its box. And you know, it was the, people were bidding on it, and it was it was up to about fifteen hundred dollars. And I was like, oh, just just for fun, I'll put a bid on. Um, <laughs> And I pressed the wrong button. Instead of just bidding like fifteen hundred and one dollars, yeah, eighteen hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> like the highest bid. And I didn't know I had done it until the next morning. I was making my coffee, and I got this little bleep bleep from PayPal. You, you're the winning bidder. Oh no! It wasn't even. Oh no! It was like, oh, what did I bid on? <laughs> That's how oh, sleep. Oh wow! Oh, did I win like a, a pair of earrings? What is that? And I opened it up, and then the picture of, of the Thermomix came up, and I was like, what have I done? Your heart sank to your boots. <laughs> oh, just dreadful. And you knew and you, you were to, dead. <laughs> I had to break the news to my husband. Oh, you poor thing. I made him a very nice dinner, babe. I bought a Thermomix by accident. <laughs> and, and then we, he was just looked at me, and he just shook his head, and he goes, oh, babe, you need sleep, don't you? And um. Oh. Oh, what a sweetie! That as soon as we got the thermos, we'd just put it back on eBay, yeah. and everything would be fine. It would just it would be Forget the event which we never spoke. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then I went and wrote a blog about it because I can't keep these things to myself. And I have to embarrass and shame myself to the whole world because I knew that people would understand. Well, that's it. There's so many yeah. of us that would, that would completely understand. And the best thing that came, well, there were two good things that came out of it. The one was that um, all these women came on and wrote their stories of sleep deprivation. Aww. And it was hilarious. I loved that. It was so funny. Women... You know, leaving the house with their pants on backwards and no bra, and, <laughs> and just um, putting dirty nappies in the fridge. <laughs> and then, in the middle of all of this, these women came on and and crowdfunded the Thermomix for me, and they they raised the money, and I now I have a Thermomix. Hallelujah! Oh, it's so sweet. It was just so I, gorgeous. Just incredible. I can't believe that happened, and I was so. I, I keep walking into the kitchen and, and wiping it down. I, think every, I have heard that so many times. So many people walk into the kitchen and just have to pat it. Just, <laughs> just touch it, just to make sure it's there, you know, because it makes such a huge difference in our lives. And oh, um, so it's glad. really, it's the, the joy of cooking is, is back, which is, yay. yay. I, you know, all so I think beautiful. about is recipes. And I can't wait to get your book because it's Yay. going to be Thermomix Gut Health Recipe Book. I know. It's so exciting. Well, and, so awesome. and yes. the, we'll just have to mention the, the gut health program here because we haven't mentioned it yet. But oh, yes. Mary is um, like our angel in the gut health program and she comes in and does a support group question and answer time on Sunday afternoons. And everybody absolutely adores Mary because she's just unbelievable with the amount of knowledge and support and encouragement and experience and um, just so so firm with what you need to do but very kind and so we were just absolutely um, so excited to be able to help her buy the Thermomix it was just a really beautiful thing oh it's such a beautiful thing that's exactly yeah. what it was it was beautiful to for me to learn to receive with grace yes. it's, it's, it was a whole nother lesson I had a lot yeah. of lessons that week <laughs> it was amazing that's yeah. awesome no it was beautiful oh. yeah so, so sorry we, we interrupted your story there yeah, just to get back back on track so what I was referring to was um my own health yeah so um so that week I really dipped low and again you know, this is all tied up into wanting to control outcomes. And I know there's so many mamas out there who this will just resonate with, you know, yeah. the idea that you control things um, and that we have to learn um, to relinquish control of some things um, and, and we have to learn to focus on only on what we can do exactly. um, to influence outcomes. So I had my mental health crash. My baby looked like she was having the same allergic responses as my son had, and so um, which is why my mental health crash. And then my mental health crash, and I just felt like throwing it all up in the air and going, "Oh my God, everything yeah. that I've worked for has failed." Yeah. What, who am I to tell people how to have a healthy baby and how Aww. to have a? Healthy and it was a rough week. Um, I've been there. Like, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, really. Who am I to tell anybody about eating healthy? Look at my son and he's crying. Look at me, I'm falling to pieces. My child isn't yeah. healthy and um and that was when I went and saw my cousin and she's just incredible and she yeah. she always just says these little three words like she's like the Tony Abbott of mental health. <laughs> she's, three words. she's like control versus influence. And I looked at her and I was like, Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in a nutshell. And I just felt my mood lift because all she was saying to me is she was like saying, you're succumbing to the idea that you can control this, that you can control yeah. your child's health. Um, and she, she's a Christian like me, and she said, God controls your child's health, and he yeah. gives you this baby, and he asks you to influence that health throughout yeah. her lifetime. And I was just like, I can do that. That's yes. something positive. And that's something that I can go, 
I can let go of these mucusy nappies oh. and go, well, let's see if we can yes. if we can find out what's causing that. And that's much easier for me. And as soon as she did that, my mental health just, it, it just actually broke the chains yeah. of that PTSD because my baby has had another mucusy nappy since then and I have not had any kind of traumatic response oh, to it. I've just, good. oh, I bet you that's this, you know, or this. Yeah. And, and I've just gone into problem-solving mode with her. That's and um, And everything came right. That's so awesome. So it was, it was such a, a great. It was awful. It was like going back into the darkest parts of things that I'd been trying to avoid and realizing that that wasn't actually mm. what God intended for me. I am meant to be strong and healthy and yeah. to continue on this journey and to learn a very important lesson about influence versus control. So, yeah. um, so that was, a, that was wonderful, and I can I can attest to the fact that she's now sleeping beautifully again. Oh. Um, we had to delay this podcast because she's decided to catch up on all her sleep in one morning. <laughs> and, That's so good. And her, her, her nappies have been perfection, absolute oh, perfection That's good. since then. Skin is perfect um, and she just looks like she's really, um, whatever it was, um, sometimes you just have to go, babies sometimes just have funny nappies. That's and right. Just, yeah. Not drive yourself crazy. That's it. Um, when you were talking about letting go, I just have to say that one of my favorite things to, you know, when I get in this place of stress and anxious, anxiousness about something, and it's usually, like you say, it's you trying to control all the things. Yeah. You know, as if you can. Yeah. As if you can. And, and I think as GAPS mums, we can get into that. Um, fall into that ditch on the other side of the road where we feel like um, everything's our fault if it goes wrong. We have to control everything. You know, the ditch on the other side of yeah, yeah. the ditch on yeah. the other side of the road is um, well, you can't do anything about it. So eat whatever you like because you're going to die one day anyway. So there, in <laughs> in the middle of the road, there is a path where we walk and we try to yeah. stay um, where yeah. we we do the best we can. Um, when some issue comes up, we, we try to work through it and problem solve it, like you say, but without that terrible pressure on ourselves and anxiety and stress of saying, well, I have to get it all right and I have to have it all perfect because you can't. You just do the best you can. And this is what I often say to mums in the, or, or women in the support group um, of the program, you know, that stress out and say, I don't think I can do gaps. I just can't do all those things. Well, don't do all those things. Just do a little yeah, do bit. Do, do what you can. Um, start somewhere. It's better than staying in the ditch on the other side of the road where you don't do anything. Um, but Absolutely. One of the one of the things I always remind myself is um, I imagine myself, you know, or even I, I do this. I close my eyes and I hold my hands out and open the, my hands and say, my hands are open and whatever comes, whatever goes, it's from God. And I just say, let go and let God. It's not up to me. Everything oh, is not up to sure. me. And, um, no, I just, and, it isn't, and to be able to just rest yes. and let him do his work and just, you know, do what we can do on here on yeah. earth is just such a relief. Yes. It's such a relief to be it able takes, to just go out the best that I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. But take it's, the pressure off yourselves, mamas. Just do what yeah. you can. <laughs> so, so, what, so the thing that I did want to talk about um, and which we'll talk about now is what you can do um, before you give birth is the, the one that really blew me away, um, the massive impact that it had preparing my body and my husband's body with the right bacteria mm -hmm. for when that baby came out and um, not only when she came out the birth canal but when she then was placed on our bodies mm -hmm. uh, so that she's breathing in the perfect bacteria 
um, to keep her well. And yeah. I even was swapping my breasts for when she breastfed. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll, I'll tell you what I did there because I think that is probably for most people the most powerful thing you can do mm-hmm. is, in, uh, is to influence your child's gut bacteria in the first two weeks of her life or okay. his life. Okay, so um, so what I did was a month before I was due, I started to swab my body. I literally, I made dairy milk kefir. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who have dairy allergies where the skin doesn't cope with dairy, you could do this with coconut yogurt, mm-hmm. um, or you could do it with literally with biocult tablets um, yeah. or whatever broad spectrum probiotics you've got. Not, not the ones from the chemist, but the ones that have the 11 to 15 strains of missing bacteria. Because mm. that's what you want to do. You want to get missing bacteria into your baby's body as she comes out of your body. Now, it's very important to understand that whatever is in your gut is also in your birth canal and it is also on your skin. Mm-hmm. And whatever is on your skin is also on your husband's skin and your children's skin because you touch each other and you kiss and you hug. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's not just a case of of the gut, it's, you've got to think about all the parts of the body that that baby's going to touch in those first two weeks of her life, and you need to to cover it with good bacteria. Yeah. And it's the weirdest thing I've ever done, <laughs> but it's the best thing I've ever done. So, um, the first thing I did was I used to I started taking biocult tablets and literally inserting them into my birth canal like mm-hmm. a tampon, yeah, and just disintegrate, mm-hmm. and then. And you can actually feel, that's when I noticed that I, ha- I did have a little bit of yeast because as soon as I started putting BioCult up, um, I noticed that any kind of, you know, those natural yeast symptoms of itchiness or um, needing to go to the loo all the time actually subsided almost. Okay, in- that's interesting. So I was doing that. Um, I was putting those up maybe every two or three nights. Mm-hmm. And I would alternate with, um, with kefir. Um, some people just swab their... Yeah. Um, their private parts with pepper or yogurt and other people will dip or, or yogurt mm-hmm. yeah and other people will dip a cotton wool bud and insert it almost like a tampon just yeah. gently um, so that you can get it out again yeah, um, that's what my naturopath told us yeah and this is why Fuwad is not on this yes, podcast right. <laughs> phew <laughs> and then closer to the birth so within two weeks of the birth I started using that same kefir and swabbing it in a cotton wool um, ball and mm-hmm. putting it under my arms as if it, you know you're putting on deodorant mm-hmm. and putting it around my neck and my breasts okay and it it sounds disgusting and sticky and awful but I would do it at bedtime mm-hmm. and it dries almost immediately on your skin and then you go to sleep and then yeah. it's by the morning it's absorbed completely and you don't smell it and mm-hmm. um, and I, I did that now my husband did that as well he was putting it on his armpits and chest um, where the baby would come out mm-hmm. um, yeah and then and then it was time to have the baby now because my liver wasn't being such playing ball with me because of all this hyperemesis mm-hmm. they decided that they this was another incredible thing that happened they decided that they, they needed to induce me um, two weeks early mm-hmm. And I did not want to be induced. My mother's a midwife, no. and she had told me all the stories about induction. Yeah. <laughs> I decided that wasn't the outcome for me. <laughs> so I was praying pretty hard about it. And yeah. um, uh, and I just decided, no, this baby's going to come on her own. And it was so funny. On the mo- My sister came over to babysit my kids, and we were heading into the hospital on the Wednesday evening. Mm. And I, had, I was cramping. Oh. And... Um, but I'd, you know, been cramping, you know, in the last few yeah. weeks of pregnancy, you cramp a fair bit. But I just, I was cramping quite a lot. And I got to the hospital and I was already two centimeters dilated. Yes. So she was coming all on her own on the day that. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and it ended up being that they did a stretch and sweep. And then, um, and then the labor came on 
uh, fast and furious, and um, within four hours she was with us. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, it was awesome. So the things that we did when she came out, we, we were very, very uh, specific with what we wanted mm-hmm. in, in the hospital. We, we wrote, a, not, not with how she was going to be born, because I've learned that you can't control that, but with, <laughs> uh, with what the nurses needed to do, we demanded that, demanded, we, we asked, and they were mm-hmm. very, very willing to, to, um, to help us out. But they didn't clamp the cord. Okay. until it completely bled out. Yeah, I've um, heard that that's really important. Can you explain yeah, why? They're starting to understand that a baby's entire source of iron for the rest of their life comes from that cord. Unbelievable. And we've been clamping it as soon as they come out. Um, so the idea is that you it doesn't take long. It takes an extra five minutes. You know, yeah. It's just a little waiting while they put the baby on your chest. The cord just pumps until it goes limp mm-hmm. and it's clear, and then they clamped it. Yes. So that's first thing I did. Um, the second thing we did was we asked them not to wipe all that beautiful cream off her skin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just incredibly protective for them and then yeah. you wipe they become dry quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And so they just cleared out her mouth and just wiped a little bit around her face and wrapped her up. Um, and they wrapped her up in our blankets mm-hmm. as well. So that's so, again the microbiome helps. Yeah, yeah, like again. So we had been kind of rubbing ourselves with blankets. I mean yeah. this is so weird. The stuff is so weird, but it's made it's made a huge difference. Mm. We rubbed ourselves in our own blankets and then when she was born we asked them to wrap her in, in our blankets, not the hospital blankets, which yeah. have the hospital bacteria all over them. Mm-hmm. When they needed to, um, when I was doing the afterbirth, all that stuff was happening, um, Stuart had his shirt off and was holding the baby up against his chest mm-hmm. to make sure that she got bacteria that he had been swabbing himself with. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, we decided to do placenta encapsulation yeah. with this one, which is something that I just would have just bought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I still kind of bulked it a little bit. But my idea was um, the placenta. So what placenta encapsulation is, is when the placenta comes out, um, you they put it on ice and you take it to a lady and she um, dehydrates the placenta and grinds it into a, into a fine powder and caps, encapsulates it for you. Um, and it is so strange to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've learned about it over this. Mary, this is just one step too far. <laughs> what did you do? We know you're weird, Mary. It's okay. <laughs> no, Our weirdometer is broken. Um, so anyway, but it was a really like I liked it. It was a detached way of getting all the minerals and the incredible goodness that the placenta has sucked out of your body yeah. to, in order to give birth and to get that back into okay. your body. And it goes back to the postnatal depletion. I thought, well, I'm going to do everything I can, well, exactly. as weird as it is, to try and avoid postnatal yeah. depression. And um, What's the harm in trying? Yeah. <laughs> no harm in trying. And, uh, you know, they just came in little pills and I just took um, two every morning and two every evening until they were finished. And I certainly noticed that I coped for that first three months very, very well, even with yeah. the sleep deprivation. And then um, the last thing that we did uh, religiously was I would swab my breasts. I would either dust them with a tiny bit of probiotic powder mm-hmm. or I would swab them with kefir a few hours before she is due for a feed. Yeah. And then, um, I would feed this baby and she would be sucking and then would get those good probiotics for those yeah. first two weeks off my body and off my breasts. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It, That's it amazing. Works. Wow. She, she, the things that we haven't had with her, which I've had with all my babies, is I haven't had a bloated tummy once. Her tummy has always been soft and pliant, mm-hmm. exactly as it should be, rather than a little hard little ball. Yeah. Um, she has not had any pallor, like pale skin, mm-hmm. unless she, she had a little cold and she got a bit pale then, obviously. But she hasn't had those little purple rings mm-hmm. that they get 
cars. She has had zero cradle cap. Oh, wow. And That's interesting. Oh, my God, still, we're still getting rid of cradle cap from the yeast. So yeah. cradle cap is a yeast um, infection that's pushing out of your skull. And they've noticed, even in modern science, has noticed that people who wash their hair with yogurt get rid of cradle cap. So it's, wow. It's, it's um, so not, not, not even a spot. She had a little bit at, at around the six-week mark when all those hormones push out and they get the little baby pimples. Yeah. And she had a tiny bit of the cradle cap and it just disappeared oh, within a week. beautiful. She's had no rash, no spots. This is the incredible thing. She's had no nappy rash. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and do you and do cloth or um, disposable or what do you do? Well, we've got, we've got cloth nappies. We decided to do the organic disposable nappies, the ones yeah. that disintegrate really well. I think they're called Nati, N-A-T-Y, uh -huh. um, until I felt that I could cope, cope with the cloth. Yes. Yeah. Again, with the half of us protecting the mental health and yes. doing what we can. Yeah. Um, and so we've got all our cloth nappies washed and ready to go, and we're going to start them pretty soon now that everything's settled down and she's not going through so many in a day. And we um, should mention here too, um, for those of you who are new to all of this, making sure that you're washing the clothes in um, natural detergents. Yes. <laughs> and interestingly, that can make a big difference. We ran out of the organic nappies when we were away um, down at a wedding, and I, um, we went in and just bought Huggies. Yeah. And by that afternoon, she had this rash up the side of her back. Ah, yeah, I always had the same with my kids. If they wore yeah. um, the disposable nappies, they got rashes. But if I kept them in the cloth nappies, they were fine. Well, interestingly enough, <laughs> interestingly, it led me to more symptom um, learning about my baby. So we know that my babs has um, that same gene mutation because mm. she had a tie and a tongue tie that we had to get resolved very early on. Um, we had trouble with the breastfeeding when she yeah. was born. And um, and this was the interesting thing. She had reflux. Mm. She was sucking air in. And the minute that we had her tongue and lip tie revised, the reflux went away and everything okay. was just 100% perfect. So oh, that was another thing that um, I'm – that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Tongue and lip tie. And yeah. how it's linked to this gene mutation. But something else that's linked to this gene mutation is a, these little bubbies um, that have this gene often don't process – toxins very well okay and um you know that leads to the question of whether they should be vaccinated and all mm. of those things, which is an individual decision for each each person mm. um, we've decided with this baby just to hold her off until she um can cope with toxins better yeah. and then we'll revisit that yeah. but one of the things that they don't process is chlorine and fluoride that's right guess what is all those nappies are soaked in they're soaked in chlorine of course so yeah all up the back you could see straight away there was a response to all that chlorine in the nappy wow. it was another tick in the box for me to go yep she's definitely not processing her toxins well mm. so it helped me to make my decisions about how we're going to treat you know look after her medically and so um so it's been fantastic for me to know that lip tie and tongue tie told me she had the mutation yeah. and then I was able to attend to her needs according to the fact that she might not cope with folic acid she might not cope with um toxins like uh, fluoride and chlorine mm. um, we haven't given her Nurofen or Panadol or anything like that. We only use homeopathic yeah. um, pain remedies. So when she had the tongue and lip revision, we used um, Hypericum and Arnica, mm -hmm. and it was incredibly potent, and she just wow. was in no pain. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I was panicked about a little baby being in pain after mm. these revisions. But she was just so perfect, and as soon as the tongue was revised, um, she latched so beautifully. I wonder oh, how wow. many mothers have been told, oh, your baby just has a short tongue. 
and she can't latch. Uh, no, it's something you're doing. You're so stressed. That's why your baby can't latch. You know, all these things. Oh. Nonsense. Because we had four doctors tell us she didn't have a tongue or lip tie. So before. why is it so hard to tell? Um, I just think they don't, they don't know. Not trained in it? Of it. So the first thing is a, a normal tongue tie you can tell quite easily because the little tongue looks like a heart shape. The tongue can't come out. Okay. But Bubs had a posterior tongue tie, which is like a muscle sheath over the tie. And and it just doesn't seem like the information's getting down to the pediatricians and the midwives oh. that's about the incredible issues that it causes. Wow. Posterior is severe tongue tie. And then and people uh, end up giving up with the breastfeeding, which is sad. And it's so sad. And I knew that I couldn't give up breastfeeding. You needed that for her health. She couldn't drain a boob. So I was pumping after every yeah, feed. That's what happened with my last two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just like, and, and there was no way I could put her on formula because of the direction I needed to take yeah. her in, in health. Yeah. Um, anyway, I had this angel come through my door. I had organized a midwife to come and see me. And I'd forgotten about the appointment. And it was right when we were starting to get a bit desperate about this tongue and lip tie. No one, not, I could see for myself she had a tongue and a lip tie. Huh. But I wasn't confident enough with it. And um, yeah. this lady came in and she took one look at my baby and she goes, oh, posterior. She worked in a lip tie clinic. At wow. So oh, she gave what a blessing. <laughs> oh, my God. And so she just straight away said, no, no, this baby's never going to learn to feed unless you get this revised. It's yeah. severe. She's got a double lip tie. And so off we went to the, wow. this dentist who revised it that same day. How do they a, revise it? With a laser, a laser and water. Oh. So they take the baby away. They, uh, they use the laser to cut the tie. And then they bring the screaming baby back to you. And you wouldn't believe it. But from the second her tongue was hard, she latched on and was able to That's drain. Amazing. It's incredible. But then we had to make, do lots and lots of exercises in her mouth, sweeping the wounds to make sure they didn't reattach. Right. And uh, that was where the arnica and hypericum was yes. critical. Yeah. To keep her pain free. So, yeah, so we've had our bumpy journey with this baby. Mm. She still has the gene mutation. I now have spoken to many mums who've been on gaps, who've gone on to have their fourth baby after yeah. more, who don't even present with the gene mutation. So, um, I think it's wow. a case of standing that these genes turn on and off mm. according to your gut health. Yeah. That when I had her, my gut health wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. It was yeah. as good as it could be for what all the work I'd done. Um, that if I was to ever have any more babies, which I will not. <laughs> That's what she says now. <laughs> no, I'm getting a tattoo and it's going to say, lest I forget. <laughs> I'm no longer using my body as an experiment to see if I can have no It's over. Oh, that else so funny. <laughs> yeah, I said three as well. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I'm too old for this now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but it was fascinating to see the progression of, the improvement in my third child, mm. if not, she ha- she's not completely well, yeah. um, but she is, um, she is a very well baby, but she still has the gene mutation. Mm. And so I just love that I have the knowledge that I have now that yeah. I can take that into account and I can be quite firm when mm. it comes to medical stuff. I can be quite firm because I know what will happen to this baby if yeah. I don't keep a vigilant eye out because she has this mutation. Yeah. So, um, so it's been, um, it's been wonderful. It's been- oh, so good. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. And it, for those of you out there who are thinking, I don't have the knowledge that Mary has and I don't have the confidence to sort of take this all into my own hands and I don't know where to begin, um, Mary won't say this, but I will. Mary is an amazing <laughs> GAPS coach and you can talk to her and get her help. Just go onto her website, Good Mood Food, and look at the coaching section 
Um, she coaches mums and dads and families and single people through this kind of thing all the time. Um, and she's seen so many different variations of issues and knows how to work through them with you because this is something that you can't really do on your own. You need the support of others because you just don't know where to begin. So um, definitely get the help if you need it. Go talk to Mary. If she doesn't have time, she'll find you someone that will help you, won't you, Mary? <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> I appreciate that, Joe. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's a it's a scary thing, you know, for for those of us that are needing to change the diet, needing to heal the gut, trying to or those trying to have children or trying to fix things that are happening in their family. It's it's a big big scary thing. Yeah, it is a scary thing. It's such a learning curve and yeah. it's such a joyful process. It's such a hard but joyful process. And it can, that's it. And that's what we want to share is that it can be joyful and it can be, oh, Mary, I should read them that comment from that lady in the gut health group. Wasn't that amazing? Oh, yes, yes. Can should, you I, find should I read it to them? Please it, do. It's, yeah. um, it's just so exciting to see how when people do find how to heal um, their family and they start working with gaps or, or whatever it is that they're doing that that really helps their family to heal the just the changes and the joy that it brings and at first yes it is difficult and it is hard and it does make um, it can make stress for you more so at first but it's, it's changed worth those it. changes it changes change, it's stressful it's like a big earthquake going off in your life it is. It's just amazing. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll just give you a bit of an overview. So this lady wrote into this support group and she said that she's been doing gaps for five to six weeks now. And these are the changes that they've seen. She's been gluten-free for three years, dairy-free for the last six months, still suffered bloating, had an ongoing cough from a virus, a nasty phlegmy cough that wouldn't budge, suffered from chronic fatigue for four years and went on to have a fourth child. Her body was struggling. Her immune system was terrible. They're now at the end of week seven, sorry, on stage five to six of GAPS intro. Um, and she said she now has a huge amount of energy, feels so amazing. I've lived in a fog just coping for so long and now it has lifted and I truly can't believe the difference in myself. No more brain fog at all. Crystal clear thoughts. Ability to multitask without difficulty has returned. No signs of depression. Body shape has altered with the bloating mostly gone. Not overweight, so I'm not, I'm not needing to lose weight. My weight has stayed roughly the same. Libido has gone back up. <laughs> Woo. And um, that's saying something with four young kids. No more period pain. <laughs> this is definitely a girly chat. <laughs> no deodorant has been necessary as she's detoxed. Um, and so she has, doesn't have this smelly skin now. It's been great to have such an absence of tummy rumbles. Um, my cough has nearly gone. My husband's lost about 12 kilos and his eyes are shining. That's in seven weeks. He comments how soft his skin is and everyone around him notices how much healthier he looks. Um, he also has more energy and libido and is managing life better. <laughs> and he's not, he's not completely strict with gaps. He still has lattes and wine now and then but, and doesn't drink as much broth as you're supposed to on gaps. But he's found it such a... Um, benefits to him that he's willing to stick to it long term which is unheard of for him her 11 year old son um, suffered from constipation couldn't tolerate too much wheat was a fussy eater with textural issues and now has a much wider choice of food happily eats soup which was unheard of loves eggs pretty much anything she puts in front of him he eats has way more energy for playing sports and he's as he's always training copes better with his schedule now 
regular bowel motions for the first time in his life and looks great. Nine-year-old has pyrroles, ADHD, has always been hard work, meltdowns, all of that kind of thing, even suicidal from the age of five. So awful. The change in her has been dramatic. She's settled, can focus now. Her skin is clear and radiant. She sleeps like a log, no longer takes two hours at night to fall asleep. This is huge for us. We have our nights back. She's already doing better at school, more interested in learning again. Apart from some meltdowns while detoxing in the first week, there have been none since. A visit to our kinesiologist has shown that her brain chemistry is normal for the first time in her life. She thrived on stress hormones that would make her give off an odour that would notify us that something was wrong. It's gone. She now likes Mm. to help out and has started to learn to cook. And she goes on and mentions each of the children and all the differences, the better sleep patterns, the happiness, the clear eyes, no dark circles under the eyes, sinus is gone, candida reduced. That's in seven weeks, guys. I love the story. I love it. I love it so much. It just makes me cry. I know. It's so (laughs) emotional. And I have to say, you know, the coaching that I do, it's it's so wonderful because I think people, often people when they come to GAPS or if they come to me, they're coming after years and years of being told that there's nothing they can do about this. Right, it's hopeless. And they get the results so quickly. Mm. You cannot believe how potent this protocol is and how potent food is when done in this order. It's just mind-blowing, the things that you see healed. And I actually loved what she said about her child having an odor that um, alerted them. My son has that when he has had too many sweet things or if he's he's having a lot of die-off, he gets a very sweet smell on his mouth. He'll come and talk to me and I'll smell it straight away. It smells almost sickly sweet. And I know that we need to just adjust things a little bit. It's incredible how sensitive you become as a mother to your children that you can even smell their unwellness on them. Wow. And I think that's one thing that we really found with GAPS is, like you say, how sensitive you become to the different foods and how they're affecting you and how your moods are and how your your bowel movements and everything. Yeah, you start everyone's to, checking You start to realise, um, you know, when things aren't going quite right and you need to adjust things. And it's not a matter of... Um, uh, feeling like it's overwhelming and depressing and too much, too much information overload kind of thing. It's just, it becomes a natural part of life. And I think there's actually a balancing that happens. I think on yeah. intro, you have to be, you super have to vigilant. learn to be super vigilant. <laughs> yes. You have to be super strict. Everything has to be organic, you know, and, um, and it's worth it yep. um, because, and then there becomes a process where you have to let the reins go a tiny yes. bit and go, okay, I don't need to be quite so control freak about all of this. I can yeah. just let it let it uh, ebb and flow the way that it does and, and watch the healing happen regardless. And think, yeah, and you have to obviously get to the stage where you're ready to be super vigilant and ready to go gung-ho yeah. and do intro. And, and it takes time for, for some people to work up to that, and that's okay. You know, yeah. take the time, start at full gaps, start at, you know, getting as much organic pesticide-free food into your family as you can, start you know, filtering your water, all these different things that I talk about in the program and in our chat group and things like that. There's there's things that you can start working towards. But when when you get desperate, like we did and like you did. Yeah, yeah, then suddenly it's just okay. Let's just do it. In the deep end. <laughs> and then I've had a lot of people say in the in the support group, um, I wish I'd started years ago. I wish I'd just done intro and just started. That's so it. I have you so finally many get saying- to the point where you just go, oh, all right, 
Stop marking yeah, it down just, and just do it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm all for, if a person's head's not right, you can tell quite quickly. Yeah. And I'm all for saying, well, just get yourself used to the things, That's you know, right. get used to well, the process. it's like you and with the depression. You, you couldn't start until you were working through the depression and then you could exactly. start. But then every now and then there'll be a family who come and there's a massive deterioration in health. And I'm always just like, just do it. Just do it. Don't wait for the holidays. Just yeah. do it now. Yeah. Yeah. And they won't be sorry because they'll no. suddenly think of all these symptoms will clear and they're just like, oh, I'm so glad we just did it. Yeah. And, and it is very hard the first two weeks. We're not denying that. The first couple of weeks are difficult and that's, mm. that's usual. And that's why yeah. you have someone like Mary or a guts practitioner to walk you through it if you can, exactly. if you need it. Um, but it's so worth doing. Awesome. Is there anything Best else thing. you wanted to mention about the baby side of things or are we... Um, no, it's, it's probably too much of a conversation, but there is. Um, I've put I've put up on my website an introducing first foods. Oh yes, that's, you have. That's a step, um, yeah. and that's a, that's a, a whole another fascinating learning journey Gigantic we've been on. Which thing. Can, yeah, we can talk about it another time. But we probably should because I do get a yeah. lot of questions from people saying, "What do I give my baby for first solids?" Yeah, and um, and I've gone through. I've, so I, I wrote it up according to the GAPS protocol and I've mm-hmm. then taken my baby through this food protocol and it has been incredible. It's oh, been incredible. So to good. Can I just get you to... Morning. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. Can I just get you to quickly answer the two questions that I get almost every day? Can sure. I do GAPS when breastfeeding? Can I do GAPS when pregnant? Okay. You can do full GAPS when pregnant. It is not recommended that you do GAPS intro when you're pregnant because you will detox. And when you are pregnant, you detox into your fetus. Mm. So you want to, when you're pregnant, you want to eat a lovely whole foods, possibly GAPS diet, but you want to avoid the things that are going to push detox. And those things are the heavy ferments like the sauerkrauts and the kefir. If you haven't been having those before, it's not the time to introduce them while Mm. you're pregnant. You can do the yogurts and the sour creams and the gentle transitory ferments and you can do commercial probiotics like BioCult or Gut Pro or Custom Probiotics. Those are all definitely do that when you're pregnant mm-hmm. and definitely eat a lovely whole foods organic diet um, but don't push don't push the detox mm-hmm. on. Which and is if what it, if, does, yeah. yeah. If it comes to that you are pregnant and you haven't done gaps before conception and you're suddenly thinking about gut health then the very best thing you can focus on besides eating a lovely whole foods diet is um the stuff just before the baby's born with all the probiotics around your body yeah and um once you the baby is born and you're breastfeeding um dr natasha camelback bride says you can go back to stage two when you're breastfeeding you do detox into your breast milk so sometimes you will detox and you'll notice that baby will be fussy but in her opinion and also, in my opinion now, um, that I've been through it, it's worth it. If you need to heal um, uh, and you go on to intro, your baby will benefit from that as, as well. Mm. They will suffer your detox too. Um, I, with my little bubs, because she had this gene mutation and struggled with detoxing, I um, just carried on eating a full GAPS diet. I haven't gone back through intro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've not really focused again on the ferments too much I have, and, until she was about three months old. And was coping better, um, and until she started sitting upright and you know was nice and stretched out, then I started increasing my ferments. I went with Kirsty Worth's Cultured mm-hmm. Wellness Coconut Ferments because they were low histamine. Oh, um, that's I, good to know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, um, and I've found that I'm having great success with all oh, of that. That's so good. And, yeah, in the next few months, I'm going to go and have another run through intro after all this pregnancy malarkey. My body yes. needs a 
a reboot. Um, and Bubs is going to come along with me because she's she's doing basically doing intro with her solid food introduction okay. um, of highly digestible, deeply nourishing foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and we're going to move through it together and and see where we go. That's yeah. awesome! So excited yeah. for you. So happy. It's like a whole new journey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Mary. Now, all of you who haven't seen Mary's website, it's goodmoodfood.com, is it? Uh, no, it's sorry, goodmoodfood.net.au. Sorry, good food, no, goodmoodfood.net.au. And you can also find her on Facebook and yes. Instagram, probably. Yes. I think. I think my username for both Facebook and Instagram is the Good Mood Food. Okay, because there's, yeah. there's a few variations on it on Facebook. Yeah, I couldn't get Good Mood Food <laughs> to okay. go with the Good but you'll find her there and I'll also put the links in the notes on the podcast Um, so please pop over and say hello and visit and um, also if you're interested in my gut health program that helps to walk you through cooking for GAPS intro um, the website for that is gaps.quirkycooking.com.au and as I said Mary's in the support group on Sunday afternoons answering your questions and she's a very Um, treasured part of our support group (laughs) so thank you so much Mary for all your help and all your support we really appreciate it my pleasure lovely to chat again okay and we'll be back in two more weeks with another podcast we have an exciting one coming up that I know you're going to love with Cindy O'Meara so don't miss that one and we'll be talking about what's happened to wheat and why why it's changed so that'll be coming up soon Thanks again, Mary, and we'll we'll see you online. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.